0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Language Week 2023. Uh, this week is in collaboration between Radio Monash and the Monash School of Language, Literature, Culture and Linguistics. Throughout the week, we will be sharing interviews from both the dedicated teaching staff and students from clubs and societies who will tell us a little bit more about studying a language and engaging in the culture alongside um, all these interviews, we will be playing some amazing music from all around the world. Um, Not only will we be playing music from the languages taught at Monash, like Japanese, Korean, Chinese, French, Spanish, you name it, but we will also be sharing um, a whole bunch of music from all the amazing diverse cultures at Monash. Um, Like we'll be having some uh, Indian music playing. We'll also be having stuff from South America, um, Eastern Europe, literally every continent and corner on the planet, we will have music from it. But today for the Japanese segment, I will be interviewing Satoshi from the Japanese program here at Monash, where we will be unpacking some really cool stuff about learning the Japanese language and what's on offer here at Monash. So I guess to start, I will int- I will uh, let Satoshi uh, give an introduction about himself. So welcome, um, Satoshi, to the program. Um, do you want to tell everyone a bit about yourself? Like who, who are you? Or what units do you teach? And yeah, go for it.
1: Thank you for having me here. So I'm lecturing Japanese studies. I do research in Japanese linguistics, you know, covering uh, various topics, but mainly focusing on uh, Japanese grammar Mm. and the Japanese language use in kind of like actual uh, social context.
0: Mm, Very, very cool. And
1: uh, at Monash, I teach Japanese language intermediate level units and also some cornerstone, capstone units related to Japanese language. Mm. And besides Japanese, I teach postgraduate level um, linguistics unit.
0: Is that specifically focused for Japanese linguistics?
1: So that's uh, linguistics in general. Mm. Mm.
0: No, that's really, really cool. And I guess what a lot of students like to ask is what are the opportunities for Japanese at Monash? So whether that's going abroad or studying a language at Monash, what is some really cool things you can do with the Japanese language at Monash?
1: Yeah, that's a g- great question. Uh, let me uh, talk a little bit about the studying abroad opportunities. So uh, in Japanese studies, uh, we have and, uh, various opportunities uh, for studying abroad. Uh, we have a short-term summer studying abroad program where students can go to Osaka and uh, study Japanese, at Osaka University. And we also have several uh, semester-length programs uh, so that uh, students can choose universities including top universities in Japan, like the University of Tokyo. And I'm coordinating um, a short-term Osaka University program. And every year, around 10 to 15 students from my intermediate unit, uh, they join the program and enjoy their stay in Osaka.
0: Wow, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's a great opportunity for them not just studying uh, Japanese, Mm. but they also... um, Feel connected and grounded to Japan and enjoy and, um, uh, what to say, you know, like really enjoy the cultural yeah, experience type yeah, thing, yeah. Uh, mm. have, you know, a valuable experience, you know, interacting with people in Japan during the stay.
0: Now, that's really cool and. Would you, could you elaborate a bit more on some of those, I think, capstone units that I think you um, talked about? Because I think one of the very important things at Monash is not just teaching the language, but teaching the culture behind it. So mm-hmm. I would love if you could elaborate a bit more on some of those cool cultural components of your Japanese capstone units.
1: Oh, that's a great question. Thank you very <laughs> much uh, for asking. Um, yeah, so uh, this is something that I wanted to talk today. So, um, so the capstone unit I teach. Uh, it's, type, it's called uh, Japanese language in action. Mm-hmm. So that's something you know, the, the real life you know cultural yeah, components in, you know in, included in in this unit related to just Japanese language learning. So uh, there are, we actually use various materials from Japanese anime, movies, and drama mm-hmm. uh, to learn how the language is actually used in various social contexts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think students enjoy you know learning the language you know, with those materials.
0: I know for me personally that the best way to engage in a language is to jump straight in Mm -hmm. to um, all the media and whatnot. And I can imagine a lot of students listening um, specifically already have a, I guess, an inclination or an interest in um, Japanese media. And I guess what's your favorite piece of Japanese media? Are you a book reader? Are you a TV show watcher? Do you like movies? Like if you had to sit down with your spare time, which as a teacher, I imagine you don't have a lot of these days, mm-hmm. but if you had to spend your uh, free time, what Japanese media would you be, uh, uh, what's it called, either listening to or reading or watching? What's what's your first pick?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's a, it's a good question. Difficult question because um, as a father of three children, <laughs> <laughs> I... I you know, use most of the, my time, my yeah, spare time with the kids, <laughs> um, I think, you know, I, when I have a chance to watch something, I watch something with my ch- children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I usually, you know, watch something for, you know, children in yeah. TV show. Uh, uh, we, you know, these days, you know, we can, it's easy to find, you know, online materials you know, mm. in Japanese. And something to watch in Japanese. And even Netflix has, you know, things like not just movies, but TV dramas, Japanese TV drama. Mm. So uh, I think that's something that we enjoy Mm. uh, watching. And, uh, yeah, a lot of language learners, I think, you know, first of the things, the cultural things that they've, you know, come across is the the kind of, you know, uh, Japanese anime or music. Mm. So I think that's, I think, a great tool and material to to use in our unit Mm. and and also that also uh, actually uh, let us think of you know you know speaking a language is not just about you know or talking with someone is not just Mm. about exchanging information Mm. we have social implication the way we speak you know so that's something that we study at the, our capstone unit. Mm. So uh I teach this unit with uh, other teachers um the, one of the topics uh, uh covered in this unit is uh Japanese language using fiction and in translation mm. where we discuss you know uh issues of like statistic statistic choices or vocabulary choices for you know uh, assigning you know those words for different characters in fiction mm. or different speakers you know, in translation. I think there are some unique, interesting uh, characteristics of Japanese which might not be in English or other languages. Mm, definitely. Uh, like, uh, for example, uh, there is gender difference. So mm. female characters in Japanese fiction, they speak very differently from male characters.
0: Well, that's interesting. And that's
1: actually very different from how we actually speak in real life, yeah. so we have to study uh, separately. Mm. So what we study with our Japanese language unit, mm. we study the way we actually speak, but that's not actually how people speak or how mm. characters speak in fiction.
0: So then would you say that the written language of Japanese is very different to the spoken language of Japanese then?
1: Yeah, it's not just about written versus spoken, but even like spoken Japanese in fiction, they they sound very different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when we, you know, when we read Japanese novels or watch anime, Japanese anime, we have to think of, you know, for example, gender difference. Mm-hmm. Like female characters they speak very differently from the actual female yeah. speakers in real life. Mm-hmm. So, we need to understand how it functions. Mm-hmm. the social components of the language, that's what we study in our unit.
0: No, that's really cool. Um, Now, this is a bit of a, uh, what's it called, a question that I've been asked by quite a few people. So I hope you're okay to answer this one. But I know that compared to English, um, Japanese has quite a lot of formality to it. Um, I believe I've I've been told at least um, that compared to um, like English but I don't know it it may be more cultural the level of formality or is would you say that the level of formality in Japanese is built into the language or it's more of a cultural component
1: yeah I think yeah social cultural components of the Mm. language definitely there's a difference big difference for example um you know uh, in our intermediate unit we have <laughs> to study um honorifics which is uh you know to show your respect to others mm. and that's that's part of grammar we have yeah. to study and that's it's actually crucial for social interaction as well mm. it's so it's not just so when you make an error in the component the called honorifics mm. uh it's not just seen as grammatical error but mm. it's seen as disrespect to others yeah, a bit rude. so uh, something that we sh- we cannot just miss mm,
0: <laughs> definitely uh,
1: if you are speaking the language
0: and would you say that because um, I think you were mentioning earlier how a lot of your intermediate students when they go over to like the Osaka program mm-hmm. is that something that they find um, challenging to get used to? E- e- even though they obviously they've been studying it for a while, mm-hmm. I think because it's so unnatural to mm-hmm. a native English speaker to include that grammatical level of formality. Mm-hmm. Would you say that they feel well prepared when they go up to Osaka or a bit, you know, oh, the first day is a bit scary, but then <laughs> but then the more they, um, what's it called, they live there for that um, abroad program, the better okay. and more comfortable they feel.
1: I think a good part of Japanese language learning, in, anywhere, I think we in, we introduce... The formal Japanese language first, mm. so you'll be you sound polite <laughs> after you study Japanese, you know, anywhere yep. uh, with the textbooks. But uh, I think you need to you you'd have to spend a lot of time to adjust yourself to be to sound more casual. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, I think there are a lot of cases where you sound too formal <laughs> <laughs> to your you know classmates at university. Yeah, in, you know, if you're speaking Japanese. And I think it 's difficult to you know, but yeah. I think it's it 's also fine, so that 's why you know a lot of Japanese people in Japan are like, seeing you know uh, foreigners you know, studying abroad in Japan mm. It sounds very polite
0: yeah <laughs> um, well, then I guess this is a bit of a fun question um, with obviously Australians are quite known for having their slang. <laughs> would you say that Japan or Japanese has a lot of slang like when you get to the informal level of speaking when you're speaking amongst friends is there a lot of Japanese slang there or oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> a lot
1: of even my kids you know somehow they <laughs> they started speaking you know casual uh, <laughs> Japanese or slangs oh, they, wow. they pick up from you know watching movies and anime and, mm.
0: and
1: YouTube videos and stuff but uh yeah there are uh, those and I, I think it's Difficult to be, you know, appropriate when you use those uh, words, Uh, but I think it's fun part of learning language. Mm. I think when you start using those words, you know, you can make the distance with others much closer. Mm. When you want to sound more friendly, you Mm. just don't want to sound too formal. (laughs) No, absolutely,
0: Um, and. One of the really cool questions I've been looking forward to asking you, and I think to be honest, with the rise of ChatGPT and all of these other AI um, and honestly, the The rise of the robots, really, um, is a lot of people are like, why bother learning a second language? Because AI is just going to take it all over in the next couple of years. So I guess what I want to ask you is, do you believe that AI will overtake the need to really understand and learn a second language? Or will translating become obsolete? Or uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is this is a really good question and a difficult to answer. Yeah, fair. I, think. I can
0: imagine it would be very difficult. There are tons
1: of uh, uh, you know ways of answering these questions mm. from various aspects, but I think I'm not a specialist in this, and just this is just from my opinion, uh, from my experience in teaching in this field, not based on some solid research. But uh, I think when when you when it comes to you know uh, the need to learn a language, I think we are talking about the need, the the professional need, like mm. using the language at work or something. It not this is not about, uh, you know, when when you want to learn a language, mm. to enjoy. I, I think that would will be great. But uh, uh, we, we I can I think we can focus on the professional needs. I think it depends on situations. But uh, out of cases, even before the recent ChatGPT Ch- or uh, generative AI, uh, we've been using, you know online translation or a lot of websites translating automatically from one language to another so we've already been using the service i think that that's that's great Mm. but when we think of when we focus on human interaction there are many Mm. cases where uh, you know the ai cannot do Mm. like even like thinking of very simple phrase like "itadakimasu" in Japanese. Like when the phrase we use before uh, we start a meal, mm-hmm. that's something that Japanese people would say, and it's very conventionalized. Mm-hmm. There's no meaning in it. Mm-hmm. There's the the original meaning is like to appreciate your meal, but it's it's very difficult to translate mm-hmm. into other languages. And but you you had to see um, you know when you translate, like, uh, creating English subtitles for Japanese movies, there's going to be, you know, itadakimasu. Yeah. And I think generative AI or chat GPT or, you know, online translations, I think it will be very difficult to translate that, even, like, one simple phrase. Some people might say, you know, um, let's eat. Mm -hmm. Or some people say, you know, let's... uh, maybe thanks for the meal, mm. <laughs> but that phrase needs to fit the character, the speaker, mm. in the scene. Uh, and I think we as human, we, we can take a lot of information from the context or the personality or the type of clothes this person is wearing, but automatic translation might be difficult to translate this very simple phrase into other languages.
0: Yeah, so I guess language is just too complicated. There's so much more than just what's been spoken. There's no real word-for-word translation. It takes on bringing in context and meaning and that is not necessarily easy for a robot just to come in and um, come up with a quick phrase. So, you know, that is a very, very, very interesting and I think that that just further amplifies why people should be learning a second language because, you will yes you may be able to get the i guess gist or a basic level understanding from a robot's translation or an ai's translation but to fully be able to really understand and grasp what's been said to you in that other language you will not you a robot can't replace that
1: right yeah so there are some you know places that where you know they can be good at like a verbet team, you know, um, literal translation from one language to another, like newspaper mm. translation, like just exchanging information, that would be good. Mm. They are good at it. But when it comes to you know social or you know <laughs> cultural components, uh, uh, they're gonna face difficulty. Like human needs to mm-hmm. make a decision of like statistic choices, vocabulary choices, and so mm. on.
0: Um, and I guess this can lead into um, another segment for the people that really want to learn Japanese. What is your key piece of advice in learning Japanese? Like, if you had to give one really good piece of advice, so that they could feel really prepared, um, or, or or a great, um, I guess, what's it called, a tip with learning the language? What would be your key piece of advice?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I'm prepared for this, <laughs> <laughs> this question, but I think it's 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 difficult, and this is something nothing special, but you know, if. I, you know, pick up one, you know, I think motivation would be the, the best, the mm-hmm. key of learning anything in general, you know, not just learning language, but anything for learning. I think uh, my experience, you know, the successful language learners, they always have a extra, very strong motivation for mm-hmm. language learning. And a lot of cases they have a clear vision of themselves using the language in future things, you know, not necessarily using the language at, at work, so, I think having a strong motivation, clear vision of themselves is a language you just uh, encourage naturally encourage mm-hmm. them to uh, continue studying the language.
0: yeah, definitely, because I feel like um a lot of people, at least I know I found that you get a burst of motivation the first you know like month you're learning a language, but you need to keep that motivation going to really want to make sure that you um, are learning that language properly. And it's okay to have slumps and I can say that as someone who's learning another language but as long as you can pick up that motivation again and keep going... Um, I think that that really is the key motivation. Absolutely. And I know we've already elaborated a bit on um, some of the abroad opportunities and some of your capstone units, but I wanted to ask if there are any other cool aspects about the course that you teach that you really want to highlight or even opportunities to really immerse yourself in Japanese culture around Melbourne.
1: Hmm. Um I think you know after moving to uh, Melbourne mm. uh, I, I came to Australia in 2017 and since then I am teaching uh, at Monash but um, I think there are many you know uh, culture events Japanese events uh, across uh, Melbourne mm. I think two months ago there was a I mean uh, in uh, that was in May or some sometime uh, mm-hmm. there was a Japanese festival in Box Hill area I think a lot of people enjoy Japanese culture and Japanese food in Australia, there are uh, a lot of students who study Japanese for many years since they' mm. like, primary school because mm. of the government program I think uh, so a lot of people are familiar with Japanese language and culture mm. uh, I think but uh, when you know people come to uh, you know when they come to university, I think they're gonna start thinking of. What are we going to do with this <laughs> skill? I, uh, is this a re- job related, or you mm-hmm. know, they're gonna start thinking. But I think learning a language is not just about you know whether they should be able to fl- be fluent or y- use uh, at work. I think it's more about understanding others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think this is something related to motivation as well. But uh, you know, how why or you know should we learn a language? But mm-hmm. um, I think learning a language, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, that, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I think I, you know, me, myself, you know, (laughs) I I studied uh, not just English, but I actually studied other languages as well. I I tried at least. Well, well,
0: what other languages can you speak?
1: I'm not able to speak, but.
0: (laughs) Not necessarily speak, I guess, but what what other languages do you have knowledge on?
1: Well, I try to <laughs> uh, study in you know, other languages like Korean, Chinese, Mandarin, Chinese, and mm. um, uh, even European languages like uh, French, Spanish a little bit. <laughs> but that's like 20 years ago, and yeah. I just don't remember anything but just say hi. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: so, nothing
1: um, wrong with that. I think, yeah, I think I also mentioned earlier, I guess, you know, Learning a language is, is also an understanding others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that also means understanding yourself, understanding your own society, your mm-hmm. own culture. It's like a self-reflection, like you know, seeing yourself by seeing, mm-hmm. uh, from seeing others. So uh, I think that's that's actually a really important aspect of learning. Language, uh, you, you can gain that kind of skills and knowledge through language learning, mm-hmm. like uh, intercultural Competence, we say, uh, understanding others. I think that's a kind of key aspect. These days it's, you know, uh, emphasized at Monash, Mm. you know, understanding others.
0: Definitely. And I guess some of the next questions I want to ask, and I hopefully I won't go on for too much longer because we're already at um, what's called 1230. But... One thing that I find really interesting about Japanese compared to a lot of other Europe and as someone who knows a lot about linguistics a lot of European languages are so tightly knit in their families like English from the Germanic family Um, or then you've got the Romance languages and the Slavic languages. Japanese really is an island on its own in terms of languages like I know there's obviously a small amount of Chinese influence with the kanji characters and whatnot but you know sound wise tonally grammatic really is its own thing like i i don't think well you obviously you're more knowledgeable on, on on it than i am but with that learning another language from uh coming from a japanese background does that make it a bit more difficult because japanese is such a very it's a very mm. unique language
1: hmm. well i'm um, being my japanese you know <laughs> for my entire entire life so I don't know how (laughs) you feel you know yeah
0: but I I, I, I guess it's more in a sense of um, you learning other languages like when you learn English or even when you said you dabbled linguistically um, into other languages was that difference really strong
1: Mm, I think so regarding you know linguistic aspect of Japanese I think you know for example like vowels sound Japanese Mm -hmm. sounds vowels they are more limited than English, so it's difficult for me to pronounce English properly, mm. or difficult to hear what yeah. other people say in English because the the vowels, you know, the number of vowels we use in Japanese, are limited consonants as well. <laughs> so you know, a lot of cases, you know, people all, always talk about you know, oh, Japanese can distinguish L and R sound; they mm. can't pronounce those two <laughs> <laughs> properly. Uh, but you know, uh, when we teach Japanese, you know, there are also some cases like, you know, English speakers have hard time understanding mm. or distinguish the lengths of vowels that mm. we, we distinguish. For example, this this is a something good example, but the uh, okasan, mm? obasan is a aunt, mm. Mm. middle-aged female. Mm. Obasan <laughs> is grandmother. Those uh,
0: are very similar.
1: Yeah, so obasan, obasan people have a hard And time when you say even
0: faster I, that is almost undistinguishable <laughs> right. to, to, to my ears wow yeah. that, that really is uh, a change. And yeah. like I know Chinese has tones which can sometimes help in that differentiation between those two but that you pop- I feel like in that case it would really be a context. Um, scenario where you have to listen to the context to really know which one it is. Would you say that's correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Japanese language learners, I know, sometimes they, they do or, you know, any language learners speaking foreign language, you know, mm. they, they sometimes face such difficulties <laughs> and then they have to fill the gap with the context of information.
0: mm um, all right, uh, hopefully we'll ask t- uh, two more questions um, with, uh, and I think we were talking a bit about this earlier with Japanese culture, because I think if there's one thing Japan loves to export, it's their music, anime, movies, and TV shows. There's so much, it's so easy to find a lot of Japanese culture. I guess one of the big things I wanted to ask was, obviously the translation part is quite difficult, but not only with English, but translating between like Korean, for example, or Chinese or some of the other Asian languages and exporting, um, would you say that that is quite a difficult thing? Because English is one thing, because I feel like English, whilst we are very expressive, um, we don't have as much rigid grammar, I suppose, as like Japanese. And do you know much about translating Japanese from Korean and, and Chinese? Because I know a lot of um, uh, Japanese media gets exported to those countries and are very much enjoyed. Is there any comment you have on that or is hmm. it a bit like a unknown area? Well, I'm interested in your thoughts on that.
1: I see. Uh, interesting. I've never thought that. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know... I've seen a lot of cases uh, uh, where the like, Japanese, you know, products import, exported to those Asian countries. I think mm. it would be easier for them to, like, less boundary, yeah, cultural boundary, cultural boundary, uh, yeah. understanding. I think the Japanese society, how it functions, be more understood, easily mm. understood in Asian other Asian countries.
0: Mm. Now that's very interesting, and I guess the final question we will end on is, and I know you've already given your piece of advice, but um, many students find learning a language very difficult and very intimidating. Do you have a piece of advice for students who are a bit, a bit hesitant to jump straight into Japanese, but if you could like push them over the edge to come on, come study Japanese, come, um, you'll have a great time. What, what is your one final piece of advice or final word you would say to get those students to, um, come and study Japanese at Monash?
1: Hmm. I think, you know, uh, when you're thinking or unsure of, you know, start learning, you know, a uh, foreign language or Japanese, I think you, sh- you should always think what you enjoy mm. or what you want to do with a language or the na- some knowledge. I think learning a language, I, I, again, you know, it's not just about learning a language itself, but, the, you know, understanding other cultures that mm. links to, you know, understanding yourself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I, I think you, you can gain a lot of things uh, from mm. language learning.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming out here, Satoshi, and um, being absolutely wonderful to interview. Uh, To everybody listening at home, we will hopefully have some amazing Japanese music coming up after this. And we have a few more interviews from the Japanese faculty and also from the Monash Japanese Club. So if you want to hear more about that or find out when stuff is airing when, please check out Radio Monash's social media pages and our website. And uh, we'll uh, see you again shortly. Thank you so much.